Do 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 do. Get your s'mores. All toasty and s'morey. Do 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 do. here with Kyle, who is half Super Saiyan, according to his profile photos. Yeah, only when I run, though. We're talking about Chrono Trigger, and the cool thing about Chrono Trigger, the guy who created Dragon Ball is one of the producers on the game. I didn't know that, and uh, if only I hadn't just found this out 30 seconds ago before we started recording, this would have gone so much better. We would have had a general reaction, genuine reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, growing up, like, Chrono Trigger is basically just the, I don't know, fifth or sixth game that we got for our Super Nintendo. Like, that was our console growing up, and so, like, I think it was, like, one of my older brother's good friends owned the game and showed him it. They were playing it over to his house, so then we ended up getting it shortly afterwards. So it was just, like, this, you know, this cool game with a guy with spiky hair and swords. Um, yeah, I think I the spiky hair gives it away. That's it's clearly Goku in disguise. Yeah, pretty <laughs> if, much. <laughs> if Goku was a redhead. I, I don't think Goku ever had a sword, though, so... But he did do the thing where he, like, waved his arms in the air and made beams of light shoot out, so... I guess there are parallels there. Lumiere attack looks vaguely like a spirit bomb to me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't take, like, six episodes to build, though. Come on, we got we, got, we all have things to do. I looked up the gameplay time. Like, how long do you think it takes to go from start to finish? I don't really have a great concept for how long games are actually supposed to take, but I would probably put it on like a day of gameplay time or something, just without really thinking, because it wasn't like super long to play. Like, I took a guess that it'd be like 40, 50 hours, which I think is relatively longer for that era of game, but it's actually only 15. 15, okay, we're both off. Yeah, you could, if you really wanted to, you could probably get it through in a day. I, I'm assuming you went through the whole New Game Plus thing as well, where you just like blitz through the early levels because your your characters are hilariously overpowered. Yeah, that was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you go in, you hit you hit a boss with one, one hit and it's dead basically. But yeah, like I, I remember doing that because, you know, there are certain, there's some equipment you wanted to get for everyone that you could only get like one or two of in a single playthrough. And then once you really got to know the storyline and then, you know, build up your characters or anything over time, it was just, you know, play through, blitz through everything, kill all bosses in one or two hits and then you're done. You could probably do it in a few hours if you're really determined. I think right at the opening festival scene, this one doesn't like with most RPGs, you start like in the middle of like an action or battle. This one, you start in the middle of a festival with a bunch of mini games. And that's actually one of my favorite memories from the game is, you know, you do the drinking contest, which is just spam the A button as many times as possible. Did you ever get it? I got it with Turbo. The Super okay, Nintendo well, that, used to yeah. have. <laughs> That's the only way I thought it. It was stupid. Like, who could actually do that? I don't know. Um, I remember my little brother had a friend who could do it. I don't know how many hours I wasted trying to match that feat, but it was could like, not do it. So for those of you who don't know, like this, this is basically like you just try and hit the A button as fast as you possibly can. And Chrono, just, like his little sprite just sits there drinking soda cans. And like the faster you click it, the more soda cans he actually finishes. And you had to get eight. If I was feeling really good and I just got, like I got in the zone with it, I could maybe get five. You might be wondering why a game would start out with like a bunch of little mini games at the start. Like there's that, the robot you can fight right away. 
and then the chicken sandwich that's just hanging around next to an old guy that you can grab when he's not looking. There's something about buying candy as well. Yes, you you run into is it Marl or Marley? I always called her Marl. I always called her Marl too, and you knock her. You run in. You literally run into her, and she her pendant goes flying. And if you're like ninety nine percent of the people out there, I bet you went for the pendant first. <laughs> and all these mini games come back like two hours later when you're on trial. One of my favorite parts of the game that when I saw that as a kid, my mind was blown because you basically you go. <laughs> It's the game is very stereotypical to start. Like, okay, you meet a you meet a girl, she has time travel accidents. You go back in the past. You know she's secretly a princess, and you're gonna save her, and you rescue her, and you bring her back, and immediately you get arrested for kidnapping. Yeah, and that <laughs> chancellor character is hilarious because yeah. he's just like both because you basically travel back. So it's in I think one year one thousand. And then you travel back to 400 years prior, and then there's this like chancellor character who is basically the top advisor to the king. Except in both eras, somehow 400 years apart, the guy is a nut job, and he's basically out to get you for reasons. Yeah. Um, I think he's also secretly inhabited by a monster or something. But I can't remember all the details there. Yeah, he he is a monster. He's a monster yeah. in disguise. They put your character on trial, and then they use a bunch of witnesses. NPCs watching you go through this festival at the start of the game like yeah I saw him drink for like five minutes straight he ran into the girl and picked up her pendant before he even checked on her and like he stole this old man's sandwich yeah <laughs> and basically assassinate your character rightfully so yeah it's pretty <laughs> and, good and you get sentenced to death um that was you uh, actually you actually could if you did just like you know you learn this after a while and then you go through it the second time you can actually do everything exactly right and then at the end they have seven jurors or something who come up and say announce whether they call you guilty or not guilty because in the year 1000 it's basically majority rules not everyone has to come to the same consensus i guess anyway um you can actually get it so that everyone finds you not guilty but then they just take you know move the storyline along the crazy chancellor guy just tells like screams at the jail warden to say like no he's sentenced to death what's wrong with you and yeah. so like, it doesn't actually change anything. I remember trying that too. Like that was the first thing I did uh, when I did a new game plus. I'm like, I'm going to be found innocent this time. I'm doing everything right. <laughs> the, the fact that like they could uh, just assume what every single player <laughs> would do in that fair was uh, brilliant. It was pretty good. And like, yeah, I, I definitely remember the first time I played through it, the same thing. It was just like, there's little things. Like I, I distinctly remember this one point where just before this whole time travel accident, you're going to walk up to where I, I called her Luca. That's, I think that's basically what it is. I'm pretty sure that that one's like one of the easiest. Luca. I, I, had, I knew someone who messed it up to, for me, and ever since I've been questioning it. I think he called her Lusa, and I was like, that, but it's two C's. Anyway. Maybe um, she's Italian. It's possible. We can't be sure. Um, she wears like a weird hat and is kind of like a robot whiz, basically. Again, somehow in the year 1000. Yeah, just before you're going to see her show, basically, where she's demonstrating this like teleportation device that somehow blows up and becomes a time travel device instead, you get dragged to the side where you're basically just standing there waiting, you know, waiting in line to get some candy. And if you're like me, you're like, okay, I'm just standing here, and the, you start trying to move, and you can move. And if you try and move away from the candy stand, it shows you like literally dragging Marl away, more or less. And then she says, hey, hey, no, I want to get some candy first. And then 
like that ends up being a reason why you're on trial and like they you know it really looks like you're kidnapping her basically <laughs> like there's these silly little things that are kind of brilliant in some ways i i love that whole scene but uh the reason i don't but especially back then i didn't play a lot of rpgs like final fantasy and stuff because i just didn't like the battles they were way too grindy for me like the random encounters and the you know static lineups of like left left side versus right side yeah i i loved chrono triggers all enemies are visible all the time they're moving around e even in the battle because all you have these kind of area of effect damages and you can save up enough energy to attack but sometimes it's better if you just wait one or two seconds and the enemies will kind of clump up and wander together and you can get two or three with the same attack. It was like super unique for RPGs at the time to do that. What I loved was the fact that you could also, characters could, could combine to do like double text or triple text and then you had to gain certain techniques for characters but then, you know, you could get literally um, Frog to, to drop his giant frog onto everyone and then Luca to throw her flare at it and make it like a firebomb frog basically is yeah it's really random but it was also pretty awesome <laughs> yeah it really made you want to play every character so later on once it was basically like new game plus and just trying to get your characters maxed out I would normally run a party with Chrono Frog and Isla because they're the best they're the three best fighters basically and I didn't really care about messing around with magic as much at that point. But like other players would still end up gaining experience and like gaining levels. But the difference was that you wouldn't gain any tech points, so you couldn't gain new techniques for the players. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about Diddy Kong Racing with Angeli, and I'm still sitting next to her N64, which she named Ethel. Uh, <laughs> should probably stop using it as a coaster. <laughs> I actually played this game a lot. It's one of like the 10 games I've played over my life. Yeah, let's be clear here, like, neither of us are gamers whatsoever, I would say. I mean, I, I think I probably played more games in my life than you have, just because I would say, like, I, I enjoyed the Final Fantasy games. I, I did play a whole bunch of them, honestly, and also, like, NHL games and random Mario games, like, just growing up. So I probably did a bit more gaming than you growing up, but probably since about, I don't know, university or so that's kind of that time frame when suddenly i just had no time to play games anymore i really just have not played video games at all now since the lockdown has started have you like uh kind of revisited that uh no not started actually as of recording we we're almost a year and a half into it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no surprisingly not i find i don't have as much of a time attention span for video games these days like i'm you kind of need to be actively paying attention to what you're doing in a lot of them and i'm usually just like, oh, I'll just put on a TV show and kind of tune out to it or just, you know, mess around on my phone or something reading stuff that still somehow requires less attention than video games. I'm actually the opposite. I've started playing a lot of, probably playing the most video and computer games of my life right now and going back and revisiting like Chrono Trigger, uh, Super Metroid, like the games from my childhood. Right. And then even a few new ones, like I got uh, Boulder's Gate 3 Early Access, because, you know, I'm really into Dungeons & Dragons. So our, our friend Thomas is playing EverQuest, which is the original MMOs from 1999. Still remember him being so obsessed with that. Yeah, game. well, he's got into it. He dragged me into it, too. Now I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm playing online with him. And then to see the contra, how far games have come. And I would say 
EverQuest doesn't really hold up. <laughs> that game is yeah. punishing, brutal, and grindy, and it can be really not fun to play at certain points. But uh, Chrono Trigger still is. I would <laughs> happily replay that game. I, I I couldn't tell you how many times I played through that. Not just like oh, I went through and did New Game Plus and you know continued my characters from the same levels and tried to accumulate more whatever. Like I probably on two or three separate occasions played it through to the point where my players were level 99. Having Super Nintendo emulators and the computer helped because you could uh, speed up the frame frame rate to make things faster. Mm -hmm. But still, like it took a while to do. And then, yeah, it, I, I probably played through that game at least 50 times total. <laughs> Yeah, I just kept coming, kept coming back to it because there were. I don't know if I, I paid a whole ton of attention to the story. Like the story was fun to me, but like just uh, the gameplay was great. How much do you remember of the story? I, I looked it up to make sure I still like knew some of it. It's all familiar, but if if, if you ask me, you know, you know, you can I can read through the story online, and be like, oh yeah, I remember that happening. I remember that happening. But if you ask me to actually recite it, this is the plot of Colonel Trigger, and you know, this happens, then this happens, then this happens, and this is the reason why you end up going to the prehistoric ages, etc. I would probably struggle, despite how many times I've been Yeah, I don't remember the interconnectivity of it, although I think it's fairly seamless, but it's but the game split, I think, into three distinct parts. There's the the medieval time when you're basically doing the standard rescue the princess storyline. There's somehow you accidentally end up flung into the future, into this post-apocalyptic world. And that's when, I guess, the main threat is revealed of Lavos, mm -hmm. basically an apocalypse monster, destroys the world. And they... He's basically like a giant crab, from what I can tell. Yeah. Like a spiky <laughs> a crab. A porcupine crab. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he has any claws. But like but... the size of a city or something. Yeah, he basically creates like a giant vol like volcanic crater in the earth and um Raise fire into the heavens, and then that subsequently makes it rain down fire from the heavens. It's it's pretty cool, actually. Mm -hmm. I think they they do call it Dark Ages, but it, it's yeah, yeah. The... It's after the prehistoric times where there was like I guess uh, ten millennia or something of like just snow after Lavos first arrives. And if you visit there before the quest storyline kicks in, you'll find like nothing but like a desert waste. But if you yeah. go there when it's appropriate, you f you'll find a floating con continent with the Kingdom of Zeal. That's where I think the final storyline picks up. And that's where you find who you thought was like going to be the final boss the whole time. Uh, Magus, who's the evil wizard causing all the havoc in the medieval time, is actually a kid in this version or in this timeline in the kingdom and his sister is the one that's being forced to summon Lavis for her mother who's trying to like suck his energy. She's basically gone crazy and wants to become immortal. From yeah, so she she's found Lavis on her own and using his power to like levitate a city and she thinks she's manipulating the power, but really he appears, flips everything, destroys the whole city, destroys Magus's sister, scatters everybody through time. So they end up in the starting points at the beginning of the, the game with Magus in the medieval period. And it kills the main character. <laughs> Which was uh... that was that was a <laughs> I couldn't believe that happened honestly when I when so full disclosure here when uh, when this game came out and when we owned it I was about six or seven years old give or take and 
my brother was the one who wanted it, so he got it. And most of my first experience, like actually seeing this game being played through, was just watching my brother play. I didn't actually like figure anything out of my own. You know, I was there. Yeah, but... <laughs> you lived through it. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's crazy. Like you're you're basically building up your whole all your characters, and then pretty close to the end of the game, your main character just dies, and. Not just like, oh, you know, give him a potion and he's back to life. Like, he's just gone. Yeah, he's literally turned to dust. Uh, And I think this game came up before Final Fantasy VII. Yes, much, much. Yeah, and they they got so much praise for having the balls to kill off one of their side characters. But this guy, this game killed off its main character. I mean, to be fair, like, you, you, there's a whole quest to bring him back, and you do. Yeah, but... Spoiler alert. I could could not figure that out. And apparently I'm not in the minority. A lot of people, because they don't give you a lot of hints. There's basically, they just say like, hey, if you can find this one NPC throughout the entire game, he might be able to help you. And I remember spending like almost like days just going through trying to retrace my entire steps from the plot line. And along the way, you get like new quests and everything and you get sidetracked, but I just could not figure out how to raise the main character. Turns out it's one of the NPCs in the very starting... That futuristic, yeah, apocalypse. The uh, wizard who's uh, secretly a magician in the fair, isn't it? Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. So you have to view the the guy in the future tells you to go to see that yeah. guy, yeah. I've... Yeah, your main base outside of time, there's a guy there, I guess at the end of time is how they describe it. He gives you a yeah. chrono trigger, which can stop time for an instant. And then he says, you're going to need to create like a living clone or whatever the main character. He's the guy who can do that is in the fair. And he seems like it's just a random NPC guy. And then you figure out he's actually one of the guys who was scattered through time from the collapse of the Zeal Kingdom in the Dark Ages. So you have to really want to get the main character back to get him back. Yeah, I don't honestly remember how that all went down in my household i guess <laughs> um i feel like i do i do remember at some point um my older brother troy had like the uh, so before you know the time of the internet where you could just search things up and find out okay how do you do this part of the game or yeah you know, search up a this is 1996 the internet won't be invented for another 10 years yeah something yeah. like that i think that's give, exactly give yeah. or take history will prove yes. us right <laughs> So we didn't have the internet anyway, and I think he actually had one of those like those guidebook magazines that was basically just you know a paper-based form of you know everything you need to know about a given game. And so I don't know if he actually used it to figure out that section. Um, I honestly don't remember, but it may have also just been that we played because that NPC character that you're talking about, it was like, oh, you could play there were three mini games you could play in his weird tent house of horrors thing and one of them requires you to like a clone walks out and then you have to mimic what it's doing just by hitting buttons on the on the controller and it slowly just gets faster and faster like a simon says game yeah so i think we might have played that game just randomly before and then remembered that i think that's how i figured it out too we did the new game plus so we finished the game main character stays dead you end up recruiting magnus magus into your party which is also a cool addition you start the game and you meet the npc you need really early on with like the one of the mini games in the fair and it's like 
Oh, that him? He was in the stupid fair the whole time. I literally searched from like the reptilian prehistoric age to like the death death Mad Max future, and he's in the stupid fair in the starting zone. He's also weird, right? He's kind of like a vampire bat with no body or something. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, he looks really weird. Uh, Half his body didn't make it through the time portal or something. You play other games or you watch other movies where they have all these things about like time travel and all of the all the different little paradoxes that come up and i mean like main thing that comes to mind is like futurama where fry sleeps with his grand his grandmother <laughs> random, random things like that but then, i always thought i never really thought about how well did chrono trigger actually do from trying to be like reasonably self-consistent with its time travel i, I do remember there were things that if you did something in the Middle Ages, then it would it could change how things looked in the in the present time in the in the 1000 AD era. You can plant but, a forest. There's a side quest yeah, where you, you destroy a monster that's basically creating desertification of an area, and then you can yeah. leave the robot Robo there to spend 400 years planting and caretaking a forest, and then for you you take five seconds to jump into your time machine, go to the future and find him with like a full forest that's having been grown. The great thing is that like you get him back at that point, like Luca just goes ahead and fixes him. And then if you go back in the past, you can still see like version of him planting a forest and he's just like, I don't know, like they were probably obviously just screwing around with his character. There's a point where I think I'm pretty sure he's acting like a scarecrow. I'm yeah, certain that's what he's there's, doing there's yeah, if you keep on coming back to him, there's like three different uh, things he's doing. Like he's either like tilling the field or he's acting as a scarecrow. I do remember the I thought the super secret one because that's a side quest. You do the forest yeah. and then they're relaxing mm-hmm. at night. And if you have Luca in your party, I believe you get the chance to uh, another time gate opens up while everyone else is asleep, and you can go back to her past and change the moment where her one of her first machines accidentally like uh ate her mother's legs or something oh yeah yeah that's right which is why yeah i do remember that why she's so into machinery is she's trying to make up for that mistake in creating robots and stuff to like basically uh some of the characters are definitely super stereotypical i mean like robo is a pretty stereotypical robotic um, character where it's like, oh, it does not compute. I don't understand. Like, you kind of gain some humanity throughout, but like, and then, basically data, uh, but yeah, not quite as good as data, but <laughs> pretty much. And is it Ayla or Isla? I called her Isla before. I always called her Isla too. So we'll just go with okay, that. So let's just let's just stick with Isla. So like, Isla is just like your. She's from the prehistoric ages and talks like a stereotypical cave cave woman, I guess. And you know, me strong, you dumb, things like that. Yeah. And I guess Chronos, your just never speaks. He He's kind of yeah. Here and there. The what do you call <laughs> surrogate for you or whatever it is? There's never yeah. actually says anything, and there's so many games like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty typical. I, I don't know why some random kid from this little quiet town, like literally, there's just like a fair going on, and he is for whatever reason like a known skilled fighter with katanas, but. As, as you do, I guess. But yeah, I do. I did like the character. Like there at least was some character development with with the various characters in the game. And then yeah, I think like I really enjoyed Magus's character because you know you fight him probably 
halfway to two thirds through the actual game. He's like this big boss where pretty much in the Middle Ages. So he got he got sent there after this whole disaster in the Dark Ages. So he's like the young prince of the Kingdom of Zeal, and his mother's gone crazy. And he and uh, some of her advisors are basically trying to talk her out of this like just absolute insanity, trying to deal with this crazy monster. And he gets blasted into the Middle Ages, and then he he made it his goal to summon Lavos and destroy him, basically. And so he actually ends up becoming the leader of um, the monsters in the Middle Ages who think that he's going to, like, you know, summon Lavos and destroy all humanity so the monsters can take over the world. And so that's kind of how you're presented with his character. And then you end up, and then you have the added fact that he turned the very um, originally named character Frog into a frog. I think his real name is Glenn, who is a squire boy to like the knight or main knight of the kingdom, Cyrus, I believe. So he has a fairly, it's not the most original thing where like, you know, he's with them. He gets this big chance to like help out his master when he's down and then freezes in panic. His master gets killed. He gets transformed into a frog and now he's out for redemption. He's out to kill Magus. I, I'm I'm fairly certain that Magus' spell also made Frog the only character in the entire game to speak like he's from the Middle Ages. Yeah, like, no one else. Has to... <laughs> no one else speaks like that. Just him. Like he turned him into a medieval frog, basically. <laughs> like no one from his age, his time period, speaks like that. And I think if you like, in the flashbacks to you know before it all happened, he also spoke like just a regular human being from. Well, the present time, I guess. But then something about that spell, you know, strong stuff. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, like that's that's your perspective of Magus going in, and then you fight him, you take him down, and then basically um, Lavos then shows up, and Magus then tells you that, no, you assholes, I, I only summoned him to try and destroy him, and now you've like attacked me and beaten me down, and we're all fucked. Yeah, because then the time portal opens up at the end of the battle with Vegas, and everyone yeah. gets sucked through again. And that I yeah. think that's when you go to the future? Prehistoric Ages. Is it Prehistoric Ages? I think it's the second time you end up in the Prehistoric Ages. It's, it's That's where the game gets confusing to me, because what ends up happening is Magus, like, you know, the not young prince version of Magus, but now the old bitter wizard from the Middle Ages version of him actually gets sent back to his own time and becomes an advisor the prophet. for his mother. He becomes a prophet yeah. <laughs> it's, in it's his own so, timeline. That's, that's the part that really confused me because it's sort of like this, I don't know how it all works out, I'm pretty sure it doesn't, but whatever. It was cool. It was cool. It's quite the reveal. It resets up the same showdown from his childhood with the same result of everyone yeah. getting uh, destroyed. Only, and this time Chrono also gets killed. Yeah, so it's, it's the same battle as before from his childhood, but now your party is present with Chrono and who are the other two you've chosen, and Magus at full power, and everyone still gets wiped by the final boss. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that, so when you become a really, if you go through New Game Plus multiple times over, because they like, they basically beef up Lavos's power, so you basically end up in a fight against Lavos, and they beef up his power because you're meant to die. It's basically like he does one attack on you and you're dead. His opening attack but, drops you to one health, I believe. No, his opening attack just kills you. Um, 
I think Zeal's opening attack drops. Oh, attacks. is that? No, he, he just like completely fucks you over and then that's it. But then if you go through new game plus enough times, it's actually hard to get Lavos to kill you at that point. You just have to let him let him just go. He'll take about six tries to do it and he finally kills you. In D&D, we call that railroading. <laughs> uh, yeah. When the, the dungeon master or whatever has like a plot point, and even if you as, as characters think of like a clever way to get around it or whatever, he's like, okay, cool. He still kills you though. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. One thing I think we didn't really talk about at all is the music in the game. Because it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> There's I mean, so many, uh, I can't even name them all, but like even the main kit and the main theme, the boss battle, Frog's theme is super catchy. Yeah, Nagus's theme is probably my favorite from the game. Yeah, the with like the the wind blowing at the start. I'll I'll throw yeah, some just like the really... I'll throw some sound sound clips on so <laughs> people in the podcast. Yeah, we can just talk about it and no one is ever gonna understand. What yeah, we're talking about. <laughs> a little acapella this. Yeah, <laughs> you do the beatboxing. I'll do the yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, there are some. I think it's kind of from an era where. I don't, again, I, I didn't notice any of this as a kid, but kind of revisiting it, there are games from sort of that era of Super Nintendo where you can tell they put a ton of effort into the, the soundtracks as well as just the regular gameplay. Like, that's one of them. Donkey Kong Country 2, I think, is one of the one of the games that is pretty widely, widely known as having just, like, amazing music, especially for the time. And just, like, super catchy themes for... There, it's just, like, a platform... Yeah, platform and it becomes jumping game. Uh, really iconic. Like, obviously, Mario had a ton. I still remember Kirby's thing. And then, oh, yeah. uh, my favorite game from the Super Nintendo is uh, Super Metroid. They have some crazy good atmospheric, like, spooky thing. Maybe not quite on the same level as Chrono Trigger and stuff, because that one is mostly, like, atmospheric sounds and not actual music. Yeah, and I, I think um, I was looking through a random list of like, oh, top 10 Super Nintendo games and looking through, I've played most of them in the end. So I'm like, okay, well, at least I got a good sampling of, of games either growing up or later on with emulators. Because you get, like, I know you don't like Final Fantasy, but I think Final Fantasy 2 and 3 were widely considered two of the best games. You got Super Mario World, you got Super Metroid, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound. Uh, I think one of the Mega Man games that I'd never played. And then, I loved Mega um, Man X. Uh, it was really, really good. Zelda Link to the Past. It, like The one list I saw considers that the best Super Nintendo game, which is also one of the games I, I remember growing up. What was your go-to party when you were like when you were playing the game? Like, who were the characters you liked playing? I always had Frog in there. And the third one I would switch out usually Luca or not Luca, uh, Marl, because she could heal. So it was usually Chrono with uh, Frog and Marl. And then later when I lost Chrono, I replaced him with uh, Magus. Even though Magus is like the, I think the most powerful character individually, but he doesn't, I don't think he stacks with anybody. There's no combined attacks with Magus. So it, it's, a, it's a bit of a, a hit. Magus starts out as being probably your, the best magic character but what i learned over time after i played this game far too much was that um if if you actually spent a lot of effort trying to bring um characters magic levels up to max then you could figure out that um chrono actually had the most powerful magic just in and of itself like if you put their magic level to the exact same mm -hmm. and there were no strong like strengths or weaknesses against it 
It was like Chrono was the strongest, Magus was second, so the shadow magic was the next, and then fire was the worst, and then water didn't really have, I don't think he had anything beyond ice and water too, as far as, you know, super yeah. powerful. Well, there were two water characters, Frog and Marl, but Frog got the more, I think, offensive water attacks, and Marl got ice attacks, but also healing. Oh, Frog could also yeah. heal, I remember that. But yeah. not as good as Marl, so... So basically, yeah, like Luminaire, Flare, and Dark Matter were the three, like, ultimate magic attacks your characters could play. And Luminaire was the strongest, but Chrono's magic was shit. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in comparison to Magus, so he was way stronger off of that. Well, who'd you go with, your three? So early on, I used to like, I used to like the Chrono, Marl, and Luca combination because Marl and Luca's magic was awesome, and I really liked their their com- combined double techs. I think it was like the Antipod, Antipod 2 and 3. They were like super, super, super powerful yeah. um, magic attacks. Once I stopped caring so much about that, I just went with who are the three best fighters and that was basically Chrono Frog and, and Isla. Isla who doesn't have any magic. So Isla was awesome because if you leveled her up to a certain point, her weapon quote unquote would change. So she basically just like punched and clawed at people. And so her weapon was basically just her fist. You couldn't actually like equip anything else to her. But then once you got her up to a certain level, she became sure her fist was upgraded to an iron fist. And then at some point it, be, it got upgraded to a bronze fist. And the bronze fist was hilarious because if she got a critical hit, it basically got 9999 damage every single time. That's awesome. Which is why I just kept playing her. I remember she had really good uh, stat attacks with with guys where she basically <laughs> her contribution would be to boost someone like and i think she could do it with both chrono and frog where she would boost them throw them out of screen and then they come flying across right to left and like hit every single enemy her combined tech with chrono was my favorite one which is falcon hit it would just hit all enemies that's, in a horizontal yeah line. i think that's that's the one i'm thinking of she boosts you up right and then you go flying yeah. across the street i will say that one thing i found awesome because it's like so there are certain techs that that players would have so one that isla had was rock throw where she'd literally pick up an enemy throw it up in the air and then it would hit the ground and that would do damage to it but one like little thing that like a little detail that they added in that i thought was just fantastic was that obviously there are certain certain things that you can't throw up in the air like Lavos. there are certain bosses <laughs> yeah like you couldn't just pick up lavos and throw them up in the air he's like this giant um yeah. multi-story crab thing so if you actually tried to use rock throw on giant enemies like him there was there were a couple of other ones that were like you know creatures that were literally like a, the, the mammon machine which is literally a structure yeah <laughs> yeah so like things like that it actually wouldn't let you do it and i felt like oh that's it's good that they actually thought of these There's silly little no things. no equivalent it, to Snorlax using fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other thing that I thought was kind of hilarious is that Isla could charm character or charm enemies and have them give give her a gift. She basically like blow a kiss to them, and then they would respond by throwing a present. And most enemies you fought actually would return something, like some some that was terrible. But then there there were there were some character or some. Uh, some enemies that would just like return nothing and they would say oh it was the thought that counted (laughs) i completely forgot that was a thing that existed 
Yeah, I spent a lot of time trying to charm different creatures to see what I could actually get out of it. I'm pretty sure I, we, like, through help from walkthroughs and whatnot, I ended up getting all the different uh, items you could get throughout the game. I spent far too much time playing that game growing up. <laughs> Any final thoughts? It's a great game. It's, uh, <laughs> if you haven't ever played it before, it like some of it's going to seem really cliched, and it, it, I would say it set the stage for a lot of the later RPGs and it I don't know I would agree with you that it definitely has replay value even to this day you can find an emulator somewhere and yeah it, the emulator is great yeah. <laughs> but uh, we do not condone any downloading of pirated um, exactly game software. Yes. as with last episode when we told you about Dungeons and Dragon movie you have to rent it on YouTube for seven dollars or whatever it is in <laughs> Yeah, so you should definitely you should definitely buy it on Steam, yeah. um, which is only three dollars, and it's five times the length of a movie. So, <laughs> like that sounds like a bargain yeah. to me. There aren't any RPGs like that anymore. I think the closest I don't I'm not an RPG expert, but the closest thing I can think of is maybe Dragon Age one, where you know you can pause time and wait for enemies who are moving to clump up and control the battlefield a bit, but you still can't combine powers and stuff like i think that's like a unique idea that i haven't seen replicated yeah there are a lot of little things about the game that i never would have thought of growing up again but like it just it made the game a lot of fun to play and it made it like there was a lot a lot of different things you could discover and you know it's not like i read a book or read an online review and they said oh you should definitely use these three characters as your party because they're the best in best for these reasons it was just you know i found i found characters who I was good at playing and just enjoyed using them for battles because, you know, you kind of get to know the characters and what they can do. You kind of learn which of their attacks are the best. I mean, granted, when you get up to like level 99, it doesn't matter. You can basically just destroy anything <laughs> easily, but. All right, that's it for Chrono Trigger. Everyone remember to subscribe to our Twitter where we tweet once a month about something random. So it's like winning the lottery. Good luck, guys. <laughs>